I am Kevin. I am Giovanna. I am adventurous. I am dreamer. I am creative. I am wine. I am dance. I am entrepreneur. I am musician. I am privileged. I am activist. I I am am podcast. Learning. Growing. Inspiring. Welcome back to the I Am podcast and the series I Am the Band, where we interview some of the musicians that make the magic behind the artists that you love. Our guest today has worked with some of the biggest names in the world of music. Born in Buenos Aires, Argentina, he moved to the U.S. after receiving a talent scholarship from the prestigious Berklee College of Music in Boston, where he obtained a B.A. in orchestration. This was followed by a talent scholarship from the University of Southern California, where he obtained a master's degree in jazz studies. As well as being a Grammy Award winner, he has been musical director and conductor for the Grammy Awards premiere show, American Idol tours, Christina Aguilera, Disney's High School Musical Tour, Latin Grammys, Person of the Year concerts, the Alma Awards, and a number of TV shows, including To Tell the Truth, The Titan Games, and Death by Magic, just to name a few. Wow. Cheche's arranging and performance credits are extensive and include artists and shows such as Lady Gaga, Christina Aguilera, Barbara Streisand, Natalie Cole, Gloria Stefan, Mariah Carey, Alejandro Sanz, Jennifer Lopez, Ricky Martin, Pink, Kelly Clarkson, John Legend, Andrea Bocho. This is a long, this is a long list, wow. y'all. You better You're grab busy. a drink. Carol King, Patti LaBelle, Mark Anthony, David Foster, Maya Destiny's Child, woo woo, Eric Benet, Patti Austin, and many, many others. The Nobel Prize Award Ceremony with Oslo Symphony Orchestra, the Latin Billboard Awards, and Enrique Iglesias, and the Los Angeles Philharmonic under yeah. conductor Ooh. Gustavo Dudamel. Amazing. I mean, we are getting fancy up in here. <laughs> Please help us welcome Grammy and Latin Grammy winner, composer, musical director, arranger, producer, conductor, performer, husband, father, and all-around beautiful soul, Che Che Alara. All right. I think that's one of the best intros ever. That may have been. <laughs> our <it>. series. <laughs> I think this is a perfect time to wrap it up. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Good night. And good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It was such a music. <laughs> wow. wow i can already tell half of this interview is just going to be laughter which is good for the soul so it's great <laughs> thank you Gio. thank you for having me thank you for being with us yes of course, of it's course. making Such time for us obviously you're a busy man jeez yeah, well yeah we we are i'm really excited i know that we're all excited just to to get to know you a little better you know i mean those credits are substantial but we really want to hear about cheche and just who cheche is what inspired you to to become a musician? How did you end up in in the seat that you are today? Ooh, that's a what a question. It's a hefty one. Well, let's start with the very beginning. How did you uh, get into music? I mean, how how did you come to the keyboard? Who inspired you? You, you know, I um, th- there's not uh, there's not a lot of musicians in my family, but mm. my great grandmother was the one. She was the factor grandma, because my, my grandma passed away when my dad was even super young, so I, ne- I never got to know her, obviously. She, she was a really, a really, really important presence in, 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 in my life and for the whole family. She was one of those like very extremely strong, independent, amazing women, very 
you know, larger than life, quite honestly. And when I was when I was four, when I turned to when I turned, when I turned four years old, she had the amazing idea of giving me her her piano as a gift, and it came with lessons from her. <laughs> there was a whole package, right? And that was my first introduction to music. Uh, you know, up until that point, I was I was obviously very little, and I was just playing at her at her house. You know, like on that piano. Then she decided to give it to me. And it was a bumpy ride with her because she was amazing, but also she was, you know, probably in her at least mid-60s, and I was four. And she she was the, you know, a pretty strict piano teacher, let's put it that way. You know, she came from a from from that type of, of, of school where like, you know, you have to be very strict with your students and and Quite honestly, I, I don't. I think I was just too little to appreciate it for what it was, and and, and not to the, you know. I basically just got the wow, this is you know so so rough on me, and and it's not necessarily fun for a little kid. Mm-hmm. And so I, I studied with her for about a year, and in a very amazing way, my folks, my mom and my dad, realized that it wasn't the right fit, and <laughs> and they had the courage, you know, because this is more of a, at a family level, you know. Yeah. So they had. The, I mean, my dad basically had the courage to tell his own almost mom, right, you know, that we were not, not, not going to do that anymore. It was, it was a rough beginning. It was, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't into it. I was dreading my lessons. It got to a point where, like, my great-grandma, she basically became like, well, if he doesn't do his lessons, he shouldn't get this type of toys and this type of things. And oh, it was like, wow. it, was, it was intense. <laughs> but now, to give you the, the full picture, later on, as I grew, I rec- you know, reconnected with her. And we had a beautiful, wonderful, wonderful relationship up, up until she passed. It, it was just, but, but but when I came back to her, and you know, I can get there in, in a couple of minutes. But it, I was already, I had already experienced music in a very positive way. So we connected through music and not through the strict teaching music mm-hmm. aspect of mm-hmm. it. And and it was wonderful. But uh, but it was it was it was you know it was a bumpy ride in the beginning. And then I, I didn't want to have anything to do with music when uh, I when I was around five or so. I said nah. <laughs> This is not for me. I'm out. And then when I, right around when I was almost eight years old, I went to see a, a jazz band in Buenos Aires. We have, a, you know, Buenos Aires has a pretty, really, really strong jazz scene and, and history. Uh, and, and there's some amazing musicians in Buenos Aires. And I, I went to see this band and it was a, a New Orleans, you know, style band. And I saw this piano player that blew my mind. I asked my, my parents to study with him. I don't, you know, it came from me, you know, I, I was like, I, I want to study with this guy. And, and that was my, till this day, my teacher, you know, my, my mentor. And, and I studied with him since I was eight until I was 18 when I left Argentina. Wow. Yeah. And he was, he was, and he's, I still, you know, I'm sure that we all, we all can relate to this type of people, you know, in our lives. He's still my teacher, you know, even though like I haven't taken a formal lesson from him in probably 25 years, yeah. he's still the person that taught me about music, taught me about life told me about so many things and, and you know I've been fortunate to study in good really good schools with really good formal teachers but the the relationship that I have with Manuel Manuel Fraga is his name it's uh it's, it's unique and it's amazing and it's it, it's it, no other relationship with teachers have come even close to that because again it's almost like my second dad in a way you know yeah it's and, amazing uh, that he inspired yeah. you that much because before you did not want to have anything to do with the piano and then you see this again years later only a few years later and you're inspired wow yeah you know know, it was funny come to think of it 
the reason why I was so drawn to him, not just as a musician, but as a person, is that during the show that I went to see him, and you know, I, he kept doing this show with his band for years, it was a combination of music and a lot of jokes, like in between, you know, it was, mm. it was basically the basement of a really old cafe in Buenos Aires, you know, with maybe a hundred, you know, people in the audience. It was a hang. It was a, you know, Friday night hang where people would go and they would listen to music. And constantly, it was almost this like, you know, it, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a humor. It wasn't a show about humor, but there was so much humor and so much joking going on in between musicians and everything that people were like laughing a lot in between songs because it was a thing. And I was like, wow, music can be fun. And I saw these people playing their asses off, but also enjoy themselves and the joy that was shared with the audience, you know, and, and, and it's funny because I never thought about that until today. So thank you for reminding me. That's amazing. That's what <laughs> we felt you. right away. Well, me, I haven't met you. So that, that joy, that humor, like that's what you were inspired by. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We, we need it. We need it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yes, and I can testify do. to you know when I'm whenever I'm working with Cheche, that's I feel like that's one of your priorities is just having good people and and lighthearted and you know these incredible musicians all of the time. But there's always this aura of you know it's nothing can ever be too important for a little bit of laughter and levity in the situation. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And so it's, I, a, it's a beautiful. I completely agree with you. And, 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 but I think it's just, it's a team, you know, it's a synergy that we have when, when we work together with you and the people that we like working with. We're like, of course, we expect the highest level of musicianship and skills and, and talent from each other, right? Whether, you, you know, you from the other people in, in, in the orchestra, in the band, from the engineers, from the arrangers, we, we, we expect that and we, you know, most of the time we, we, we get it, right? We, we, fortunately for us, we have really good colleagues and really good friends. And then at that point, it's like, well, we know, let's have a great time. But not as a, we set ourselves to have a great time. It's like, how can I not have a great time if I'm in the same room with some of these amazing musicians that are also pranksters, you know, funny people. <laughs> and I worked also, I worked in many situations when, when I was starting out in which that was not the norm. I learned what to do from a lot of people and I also learn what not to do from a lot of people. And including joking, you know, like to me it's like, you know, if you if I mean you you probably see me like many times, like to me there's no more not many things that are worse than someone who's conducting or, or, or in charge of a session who cannot accept when they mess up. Oh. You know, and yeah. because we have worked together, Gio, I know that you have seen me mess up because I mess up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I'm always like, I mean, like pointing my finger, like, "What? Oh, that was me." So you know, like, what's the point? Like, and joke about it and to have a good time. It's, uh, I think it makes, I think it translates in what we do. You know, and and, and the music sounds better if we're having a great time while we're playing it. Yeah. You know? hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah. that humility also keeps it real. You know, that's what you loved yes. about watching Manuel Fraga and his group. The the reality yes. of who they were and the joking. And and I yes. think so often we lose that when we get into the business of music. Ugh. You know, like, and I, I heard somebody say, like, the only problem with the music business is the word business. You know? <laughs> you know, you know I was, funny that you say that. I was about to tell you right now. I try my best not to use the expression music business because mm -hmm. I think I think it has become the norm and it's a it's a it's an easy way for people that don't know about the art behind music to define what we do as musicians. Mm -hmm. And and I take 
I, I have a personal issue with that because I, I believe business is definitely, it is one of the link in the chain of what we do. Sure, one of those links, and a very strong one is the business side of it, right? But it doesn't define what we do. Yes. And if it becomes a defining factor, I think we're missing the huge picture of what we're supposed to be doing with our, with our art and with our lives, you know? So, and I, I, try, I try to steer away from that, you know, and, and I always try to make a point of <laughs> like, hey, it's not a business, it's music. And sure, we have to make a living of it. We have to be aware of all these things, but no one is going to, you know, well, actually, I was going to say no one will succeed by being good at business and good at music. And I retracted myself because some people do. <laughs> but I guess when you get a taste of what art form, what music is, you know, how it can affect your soul, then you realize that that's not going to be your path. You have to make music and mm. sure, try to make the best, the best living out of it as you can. But for me, it's always about making the best music and, and hopefully making a buck while I'm at it. Yeah. You know? Right. Following your desire and your passion, you know, the thing that keeps you up, the thing that keeps pulling you and, and you, like you said, yes. making you happy. Those are the things that give you health. Those are the things that you can extend yes. to other people and share the business yeah. part. You know, I mean, I guess for some people, as you said, that that's the drive for them. But really, the mu- the music itself comes from the people that really share and express that. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And this Absolutely. is why you are so successful. Right. <laughs> well, you know, you know what comes to mind also? I, uh, you know, Argentina is not an extremely poor country, but it's definitely closer to being a poor country than not, particularly in the last few decades. You know, we have a really high rate of poverty, a, 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 you know, a big chunk of the population lives below the poverty line. So what I'm getting at is we used to, to find ways to be happy without involving money. Mm. Therefore, the business side of music to me really takes a backseat. I don't live in a bubble. I have to pay my bills and I have, you know, but but again, to me, it's about make, making good music and, and, and fortunately, most of the time, people react to it and it will turn into work, mm. sure. But I've never said to like, oh, let's make some money. Uh, what kind of music do I have to make? It's more like, hey, mm. let me make some good music. How can I make some good money out of that? Right. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah, <laughs> so. and it seems like some of the greatest people, I've heard that expression before, and it, you, it's funny because many times when you speak to people, it's the reverse. They're trying to figure out how to make money doing what they love instead of just doing what they love to make money. And yep, it's totally. like your 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 gift makes a way for you. It, it will if you if you focus on the gift and on sharing it. I mean, in some cases, you know, maybe not, but in many cases, it, it does. It seems like that's what opens the door, is that love again. We're going back to that that you have. The people see that, and I think that's also where it, the connection with the fans happens when they see how much you love what you do and how yes. much you enjoy it. That makes them so happy. To see how happy you are. I absolutely agree. You know, you know, it's funny, Kevin. You just reminded me. I was doing a, a panel for Berkeley students in LA. A couple, you know, before COVID, obviously, and we, you know, it was a few of us in the, in the on stage and, and a bunch of people in the audience, and you know, mostly recent graduates. You know, people that were, you know, in school in the last, you know, five to ten years. They were talking about marketing and social media, you know, and, and all these things that we all know, you know, we have to be aware of. Again, we definitely have to be aware. You cannot not be aware of that. But, you know, it was like basically almost like, how can, how can, how do I need to manipulate those aspects in order to make money, mm-hmm. right? That was basically, that was basically the, the, the gist of the conversation 
from the students or from the, from the grads. The, the, the gist of that, it was how can we manipulate these elements to make music, uh, to, to make money out of music, right? Mm-hmm. I raise my hand up. Whenever I'm in a panel and someone asks a question that I don't particularly think is a good question, I try to steer into like, let's talk about <laughs> something that matters, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I said, listen, show of hands, in the last six months, how many times have, you know, people have heard the words networking and uh, social media and following and build up your, your and everyone's, you know, and I was like, okay, and in the last six months or, or, or a year, what is the last time you heard about, you know, people were talking to you about art and emotion. And it was like a couple of people like, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, this is messed up. Yeah. We are musicians. We are, anyone that says that goes into music to make money has made a terrible decision. It's not a good way to, it's a, it's a great way to, to make a happy living, but you know, but not, you know, usually it doesn't come with a ton of money involved. Again, hopefully we get to be very happy in what we do and we make people happy. And that, that to me is, is super important, you know? Have you ever been put in a position where you sort of had to choose between that happiness and like that big paycheck? Yes. yes. And where you realize yeah. like this is really not worth what yeah. I, you know. And I, you know, and, and Gio, you know, I've been in situations where I was so deep into a project that it was basically suck it up and let's finish it, right? Mm-hmm. And I've also had that happen towards the beginning of a project where you go like, you know, this is basically our third date, are we really not getting along? How about we don't go on dates anymore? <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, like, let's just not, it's not going to happen. You know, like when and you can, it's almost like, you know, when you have people that you're working with that, that are aligned with you as a, to, to make a team and to make it happen versus people that are trying to point fingers at you to like, you're not driving the same, in the same direction. And, Correct. you know, right. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, you can apply that in in, in life, in music, in any job, I think, you know, when when you really realize that you've lost the passion for what you're doing and you're just doing it for the paycheck, you you lose a little bit of your soul. You really do. You know, I understand why. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I, and I said it the other day, I was like, I don't think I could ever work a nine to five job just because of the, yeah, of the way that I've been raised. Yeah. Yeah. As an artist, like that creativity, when you don't have that space to be creative, Mm -hmm. um, I think it really, it takes something from you. And if you don't have that space to share it with people, like you were saying, you know, like having an audience to, to bounce things off of, it's really magical. You know, the last year that we've been in COVID, it's been so tough to have to play all these concerts to a camera, knowing that they're going to go to an audience, but not being able to hear the the reactions and, and vibe off of that. It, I don't think anybody realized what a large percentage of, of the joy that we, that we get from, doing art yes. um, depends on the people receiving the art. You know? Yes, absolutely agree to you. Absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I think in the last year we've all, we have all you know, relearned certain things that we, 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 it sounds super cliche, but we really took for granted. Mm-hmm. We really did. And an audience reaction, and it could be a, a, you know, it could be the Hollywood ball or it could be, you know, a coffee shop with like yeah. five people. But it's just that like, you know, I'm playing, for you, I mean, I'm playing obviously for me as well, right? Like, but we're trying to. How do you like it? How, what changes in your life when I when I play this melt? And it could be anything from like you know they don't like it, whatever. But yeah. but you get you know, it could be a reaction, you know, like something. Yeah, it's 
I can I cannot wait. I, you know, again, cliche. I'm sorry, but I cannot wait for us to go back to to that. Yeah, you know? I know. Yeah. I know. It's happening little by yeah. little. It's exciting. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I want to backtrack a little bit though. So your your parents are not musicians. Your grandmother, or your great grandmother, obviously. You know, that's that's that was the beginning. How did your parents feel about you deciding to go into music? I mean, they're not be, them not being musicians. Was that sort of a well? That's really a hobby. You know, it, that that's that's a really good really good question. And and the full picture is. Yes, I don't, you know, my, my great-grandmother was the, the only musician in the family, but my mom is a, a painter. She, she paints and she has an, an art school. Oh. So there was always art around, you know, around the house. And my dad, my dad is a, my dad is a character. My dad was going <laughs> to be a priest, Catholic priest. And he, he's not a Catholic priest. No, 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 he's not. <laughs> he was going to. But, uh, I'm like, wait, he, now I have so many more like, questions. Like, well, all of a sudden, the ratings went way up. On this. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he was going to be a priest, but uh, he left preschool a year before being ordained. And then he became, he has, he went to college, he has three degrees. He has a, he's a psychologist, an attorney, uh, he has an MBA. And he, oh he my worked gosh. Like, oh, yeah, he's a, he's, 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 yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know what happened to me, but he's very author, intelligent. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's also a writer, right? An author. He's, he's a writer. That's yes. exactly, yeah. But interestingly enough, he, he, the writing side of, you know, of his life, he was always doing it, but he had his day job, right? And he was, you know, very successful working in a huge company in Argentina. And, he, and that was his thing. But as he grew older, you know, the, the writing, you know, you cannot, you can, when you have this, this type of, you know, interest, artistic interest, you cannot stop it, right? So mm-hmm. he got to the point where it's like, you know, it was happening more and more and more. And now he keeps writing. He writes, you know, mostly, mostly humor. You know, he's a he's super funny guy. Okay. <laughs> not, 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 only, not only he's super intelligent, but very funny. Basically, my mom was teaching people, you know, and, and painting and doing and having her exhibits and everything. So in a way, I, th- I think I was very fortunate to get to absorb the the concept of art, not necessarily through music, mm-hmm. and actually mostly not through music. Mm-hmm. And that also what what I'm trying to keep alive in who I am every day and and, and and what I do is sometimes I think, you know, I don't know if this will make sense to you guys, but I find that it's easier for musicians to be extremely skilled at what we do, yet be very unaware and almost insensitive to other art forms, mm. oh. right? Like, it's, I'm not saying it's a norm, but I'm saying I've seen many, many musicians that are fantastic composers, you know, performers, or yet they're not, they don't value or they, they don't appreciate mm-hmm. other art forms, you know, whether it's sculpture or, 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 or paintings mm-hmm. or theater or literature, right? I, I think we're like, maybe because it requires so much time from our lives, you know, that sometimes it's, it's easier to like just be in that zone and not be aware of anything else. But it's a little bit of a, maybe, you know, generalization, but I find that painters and sculptors and people that do other art forms are way more aware of, of art as a whole, mm-hmm. regardless of the discipline. Mm-hmm. So I learned, you know, I, I saw that with my mom and with her students and with her friends, like, hey, there's an appreciation for, you know, these people are, are painters, but 
they truly appreciate dance or they truly appreciate yeah. literature yeah. or cinema. Right? Yeah. Not, you know what I mean? No, yeah. that, so that, that was leading to my question because you you intrigued me actually quite quite a bit just um the way that you've gone about your path in in music where you come from i mean you know starting and having that that start with christina aguilera my thought was like wow your appreciation and understanding of knowledge is so vast uh, you know of music and but it's the same thing some people even just within music they they don't even necessarily yes. explore and like other genres much less other Absolutely. art forms and so with you, you have such a wide understanding and application of all these different varieties. You enjoy them. You do them very well. And that's not really the normal thing. And so that was kind of my thing is like, where does that come from? I hear, like you're saying, coming from your mother, like how did you begin to appreciate all these other genres, learn them, never feel like you were put in a box and you have no box? I I want to, I need a minute to digest all that. One second. <laughs> no, but I appreciate it. Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. And, and, and again, you, you guys are making me think of certain things that, you know, that I've always known. It's just don't, you don't put it in, in thought form or, you know, you put it into words. But yeah, you know, I, I, I am a reflection, you know, and I continue the path of my, my folks. And fortunately, they're extremely open-minded people. Like I mentioned, my dad is one of the most formally educated people that are the persons that I met in my life. Yet he's at home in any situation, and he could be. And by that I mean he could be hanging out in a super fancy restaurant, you know, like you know, and, and enjoying that experience. Probably not a lot, <laughs> but, but he could. He could, but he's like equally comfortable, like barefoot in at the beach, hanging out and having a beer. But what I learned from my folks was like, there's always something nice to be learned about everything, mm. right? Everything, and I try to really apply that at least to music. You know, I I, I think it's like, like like you said, Kevin. You know, the, 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 there's a lot of people that focus in one thing musically, and this is this is what I do. And now, truth be told they become great at that thing. And that's wonderful to see. And, and I'm not that person. I'm not, I don't think I am a specialist, you know, and, but, but I get, I get pleasure and, and, and I, and I, and I, and I like to experience and to convey and to, and to share that experience with, you know, different styles of music mm -hmm. constantly. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I like it. I truly like it. And it, it also keeps me on my toes, you know, because I keep, I had to constantly keep learning and adapting, or I I, I couldn't evolve into into these other you know mm -hmm. new styles and new things. But uh, yeah, I, 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 you know I'm 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 proudly eclectic. You know I really like I really like different different styles and, and different you know not just with music mo mostly with music obviously, but but um, uh, you know this this I think it's a shorter list of things that I don't like that things I like I usually. At least start with an open mind with towards anything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and when you when you studied with Manuel, was was that sort of? Um, I mean, did you study sort of the, the very classical sort of traditional style, or did so? It no. was completely different with him, right? Completely opposite completely of what you did with your great grandmother. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, we, we started. You know, he was he's a he's a phenomenal jazz pianist, mm -hmm. and uh, he uh, fortunately for me, he he started teaching me jazz from the traditional jazz days where like it's very common for jazz players to go you know not straight 
into, but fairly, fairly quickly into bebop and things. So these are phenomenal. Obviously, they're great. But you know, he had the knowledge of of early early twentieth century jazz, right? And and everything from from ragtime to stride piano to boogie woogie to all these things that gave me a really good you know uh, foundation for you know pretty much anything left-hand mm-hmm. oriented on the piano, you know, like most, you know, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a good way to start, to start playing, you know? And, uh, he, yeah, he, he, we worked mostly on, on, on jazz and, um, it, it was truly tailor made for me. You know, he, he really cared about me and I could, you know, looking back, I didn't, I couldn't realize this at the time, but, you know, I could tell that he was like, encouraging me to 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 to, to grow and wh- however i was growing he would adapt what he was doing to make me grow even more mm, you know and, and that is the one isn't that i think that's the the best you know the the the, 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 the best evaluation you can have of a teacher it's like you know they yeah. help you grow to things that you you wouldn't even see yourself right. you know he's so many things in myself that i didn't see and now he's amazing Amazing, the best, by far the best teacher I ever had. It seems yeah. like he really cracked open your creativity, and, and did he blend, or was there any fusion or things that you guys were exploring then, or? We started, you know, later on, the, it's almost, you know, uh, I, I feel like, you know, and again, I never, never thought about this until right now, but it looks, it, it feels to me that he knew that I would discover all that, you know, mm. and I did and, you know, so he was basically like giving me a formation of things that, interestingly enough, no one else, even after going to Berkeley and to USC, has touched on. Wow. You know, like, you know, studying, you know, like, you know, certain things that we did about Errol Garner or like Tayton or things like this that, you know, people know, but but people, it's almost like, yeah, 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 you, you should know that. But let's talk about this. And it's sure, but, you know, he, he gave me a really, really, really great foundation and, uh, and a sense of appreciation for, 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 again, for the joy of making music, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and also, you know, looking back, I, I was very little. I was, you know, again, like eight, nine, you know, he would have, he would come to my house, which was very odd, you know, because most <laughs> people, you know, have to go to theirs, but, but he, you know, but he was super young, you know, so he was, he was probably in his late twenties mm-hmm. and, uh, Amazing. Oh yeah. And, uh, but he would come and he would, after the lesson was done, he would hang out and we would like at some point, you know, when I got older, I remember I got an Atari video game and he would like mm. hang out and play video games, <laughs> which was, <laughs> which was uh, you know, looking back, I'm like, this is the sweetest thing because we, we developed uh, a, a super deep bond. You know, he was my friend, yeah. you know, I would, you know, he would, again, he, he would come to my house and he would take a bus and I would, for many years, I would hide on the street. Too scary, you know. Like, because I, I knew where the bus stop was, and I was like, awesome. the tree. and he and he would know that I was, you know, hiding somewhere, you know. Right. So he was expecting, and I'd be like, tiptoe behind me, like, ah, you know, like, you know, things that for, for so as a kid, you know. Now, now I have a ten-year-old boy, and I'm like, wow, man, what a cool way to bond in a natural way. He was he, he wasn't faking it, you know. He was right. loving it, mm. and, and again, the best, honestly, the best. Uh, possible teacher you know i could imagine uh, i was fortunate to, to have wow. that's amazing yeah. that's amazing yeah. so now you studied with him in argentina yep what at what age did you come here to the states i was 18 Gio. so I it was finished, vast- yep 
I finished high school and I stayed, you know, the, 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 the year, the school year is different than in the U.S. So mm-hmm. I finished in December. I stayed a whole following year working. I was working, you know, playing and working quite, quite actively. And, uh, and then I, I, I came to, to Berkeley. To Berkeley. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, you know, during high school, I was working. That was another cool thing. You know, I got to work a lot. And I was, you know, going to high school like a regular kid in the morning, but at night I was doing mostly musical theater, oh, which was, yeah. which was great because I was playing in the pit, you know, with people that were literally like forty years older than me, mm. and <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome, you know. By the time I was, you know, fifteen, you know, I was, I was working, learning from these people. I was making money. You know, which was awesome because I could like take my, I wasn't making a lot, you know, but, but I, I was like, you know, taking my friends out to dinner at like age 16 when no one had, you know, nice. like two bucks to the okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, ah, let's go to fun. I blew, I didn't, I didn't have a penny saved after, you know, like almost, but, but I loved it. it, was, it was you had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, oh, and yeah. that speaks, oh, leaps yeah. and bounds sort of to the, I mean, how, how did you step into the musical director role? Because here you're, I mean, when you're playing all the gigs that you're playing up until this time, you're a musician, you're not, you know, you're part of the band. At yep. what point did you, did that switch come where you were at the head of the, of the, the whole train? You know, I, uh, when I started, my, my first big gig was with Christina Aguilera. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I was, I was, you know, basically playing local gigs, you know, and then making a, a living, you know, locally. But then that was the first, like, wow, this is a big, big time gig, you know, and, and, and it was great. And I learned a lot. And one of the things that, you know, that I, that I realized right away is that I wanted to put more of a, of a personal stamp on, on shows and, and, and I'd love working with musicians. I, you know, I had a, you know, I had a great time with my friends. So I was like, I had a really good, really, really good music director whom I, I'm pretty sure, you know, Gio, Alex, Alessandroni, because you know, Alex, I think you do. I think, I think you, 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 you probably crossed paths with him. You know, I'm, I'm sure that at some Probably point years on, ago. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a phenomenal, super talented, amazingly talented guy. And I'd learned a lot from him. Uh, and towards the end, you know, I became his assistant musical director with Christina. I was doing a lot of work and I was like, this is so cool. I, 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 I love it because I could put more of a, a again, a personal stamp on, on whatever we were doing. But also, I, again, I really love dealing with musicians, you know. So right after that, uh, when I finished Christina, I got a, my first big break as an MD. And there was a, an MTV unplugged for Alejandro Sanz. And, yeah. and that one, that one was, it was like baptism by fire because, you know, it was, <laughs> I was 20, I think it was 26, 26, 27. And, you know, I was MD and, you know, we had Vini, Colayuda on drums. We had like Harry Kim, uh, Rafael Padilla, all these people. And, and it was, you know, Ramon Estaniaro, Eito uh, mm. uh, Pereira was playing on the, on the band. Oh, you know, wow. so, oh, and I, I know I hear him like 27, like, how the heck am I going to tell these people, you know, so, you know, I, I, you know, (laughs) but it was great. It was awesome. And, uh, yeah, I've been, you know, I've been doing it ever since I, I loved, I, I, I loved music directing. You know, I, 
I got to say, I, I love playing whenever I, I do a show and that I'm, you know, I don't do those a lot, but occasionally do a show that I'm just playing. I love it. I don't <laughs> have to worry about anything. You know, it's just, let me just learn my part and play and enjoy. But uh, hey, it's a, it's a kind of different, you know, different uh, flavors of what we do, you know, and I, and I get a lot of pleasure from emptying, but I also get a lot of pleasure from, from playing or arranging or whatever I'm doing. Thank you for listening. Interested in starting your own podcast? Visit us at IamMusicGroup.com.